Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Getting creative with some things around here as uh, we're testing some stuff out, some new toys for 2022. So uh, trying to make Mike laugh with my intros as well. I love it. No, it, it's kind of like a reverse day in the life where you're coming from the airport as opposed to going to the airport. I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. I, you've become quite the uh, the video production ninja with this new platform that we're using. So I, I can't wait to see what tricks you might have up your sleeve for Sunday. When we're at Authentic Brewing in Athens, and see that—that's a promo for a uh, promo. our post-match show. Really, uh, soccer down here. I'm—I'm I'm interloping. It's, it's a crossover uh, episode. <laughs> it's like the the episodes with like the TGIF shows where people would show up on different shows. Yes, one of those. Yeah, like when the Jetsons met the Flintstones. Yes. Yeah, or when Christmas Ape went to summer camp, uh, something like that. But I'm I'm really excited for Sunday. I hope we're going to see a lot of you out there. It's my understanding. I, I saw a tweet that um, the friendly is sold out, yep. which is um, not surprising in the least, but really really cool. Um, you know, I think sometimes we kind of take that for granted around here. Like, oh yeah, playing a friendly against a, a team that's what fourth division on the American pyramid, and yeah, they sold that thing out less than 24 hours. Like that that's not normal. Even though it's a 3,000-seat venue, that's not normal. I think we take that for granted sometimes. So that's super cool. And the weather, I mean, it's supposed to be sunny but very chilly. It's not like it's going to be a perfect day by any stretch. So the fact that they were able to sell that thing out in 24 hours and the fact that we're going to have on Sunday, you know, really a celebration of soccer in the state of Georgia. Georgia Revolution's roster is made up of a lot of High school standouts from around the state. A uh, lot of players who went on collegiately to play for Georgia Gwinnett College or Clayton State. And um, I just, I, I love what Pineda and the club has done here in the first week of training camp where they go, they play Georgia Storm. Great opportunity for a club out of Carrollton who really, really showed well yesterday from yeah. what I understand. Now you're bringing in Georgia Revolution. You're going to play that on the campus of, you know, the the largest institute of higher learning in the state, uh, certainly the most prominent in the state, no disrespect to Georgia Tech, uh, but with football championships comes prominence. And um, it, it's just going to be a really fun day to kind of celebrate soccer in the state of Georgia. And I hope we have more of this. I, I've always said, I really want one day to see Atlanta United play a friendly down in Statesboro. I think that would be really, really cool. I'd love to see Atlanta United go down to the Golden Isles and maybe find a way to play a friendly there because there's a lot of Atlanta United fans down in Jekyll Island, Brunswick, that part of the state. Love to see Atlanta United maybe go down to Fort Benning and do something. A lot of Atlanta United fans down there. So um, I think Darren and the club really want to prioritize outreach to different parts of the state where there are 
large pockets of Atlanta United fans. But what better place to start than the campus of the University of Georgia, where there are literally thousands of students who grew up in Metro Atlanta, grew up, literally grew up watching this team in its sixth year now. So if you were a high school sophomore, uh, now you'd be a senior at UGA. Um, it, it's a great way to kind of connect with the fan base out there. And I'm really excited to be a part of it on Sunday. Yeah, the, the growth of the game regionally is key. And Atlanta United is a huge part of it. But there, there's other things happening because Atlanta United can't be everywhere. You know, what Georgia Storm's doing in Carrollton, what Georgia Revolution's doing in Henry County and McDonough, uh, Savannah Clover, South Georgia mm-hmm. Tormenta, what Dalton Red Wolves are doing, all the youth clubs, all the college programs, high school soccer's underway. You've got a huge game in, in Gainesville on Friday night. They're, they're Classico. I mean, that's what they call it. It's it's Johnson against Gainesville at City Park. You know, it's there's big games happening. That, that game will draw a 1,000 people easy. In, mm-hmm. in Gainesville for a high school game. There's all these different things happening, and the level has improved so much so fast to the point that in preseason, Atlanta United can get a good test yesterday from Georgia Storm, who's not even in their season. You know, Georgia Storm is an NPSL team at its top, top level. They have a, a UPSL team. They play in local leagues. They do off-season training. But they'll be stronger in the summer where they can have more college players participating. Same for Georgia Revolution. They're able to get a few of the D2, D3, and AIA guys who can participate. But D1 players in college right now can't play with their local clubs. They're, they're not allowed to under NCAA Division I rules. So Georgia Revolution will be stronger in the summer. Georgia Storm will be stronger in the summer. They'll get some of those guys from Georgia State, for example. Um, other programs around the the area it's it's now at a point though and atlanta united's really one of the only clubs in mls doing this where gonzalo pineda talked about it yesterday they're ramping up everything is about progression in preseason yesterday it was two 30 minute halves it'll be 245s on, on sunday from my understanding guys who played 30 yesterday probably play 45 on Sunday, second half will probably be more reserves, or you might see a little bit of a split squad in each one. But then the next time it'll be more like 60 minutes, maybe 75 by the end of the, t- the two games in Mexico. And the game in Birmingham will be somewhat of a dress rehearsal. It'll be a week before right. the season. You're ramping up, playing games on Sundays. First game's on a Sunday. None of that's by accident. And Pineda talked about wanting to have that game at the end of the week be a, a test for what the week has been from a preparation standpoint and to be able to very early on locally, you can stay at home, you can work in your own facility, get two games, quality games with local opponents. That's going to raise their profile, make them better when they go back into their local communities, but also get that test. You need, you know, it's not a walkover. Lady United had to work yesterday for what they got out of it. The result doesn't matter, but the production Nothing was handed to them because the storm put up a good fight. That's what you want to see in these games. It's going to raise everybody's level. And what Atlanta United's doing to try to shine a light on all these other programs in different levels at the state and and regionally, it's huge. And it's only going to benefit Atlanta United in the long run, as well as the local communities. Yeah. And, you know, playing these kinds of matches also from a logistical standpoint has a benefit because you don't have to uproot your training camp to drive to, uh, you know, Charlotte if you want to play them or or fly out to Seattle to play them. Like to Christopher Abel's point, you know, Atlanta United kind of has to take care of itself first. And one of the ways where they can create some competition during training camp and not have to leave their training ground is to play teams like Georgia Storm and Georgia Revolution. Uh, a couple of years ago, they did go out to California, and I think they played at LAFC and they played Seattle and a couple of major league soccer clubs in the preseason, but they had to uproot their entire training camp to do so. That was also before the pandemic, yep. which has certainly complicated matters. Uh, but Atlanta United still going to get some good tests during this preseason. They're going to play Chivas. They're going to play a Birmingham Legion team that's a USL championship playoff team uh, and a Birmingham Legion team that I think wants to give Atlanta United a really good test. They look at that as a showdown type game. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the other preseason fixtures that Atlanta United has played over the years, this is what they do. 
They play a USL championship, Nashville. They play a USL championship, Birmingham. Um, they play Charleston Battery. Um, you know, it, occasionally you'll see some MLS matches sprinkled in there, but they'll play like the third team of Tijuana, which they did a couple of years ago. They'll play Cal State Fullerton. It's just, it's just kind of the common formula. And remember, you know, you're so early in training camp, Christopher. I mean, yesterday you were really only a week into doing anything yeah. on the field. You're not trying to, like, work on tactics no. or, you know, do anything fancy with set pieces or anything like no, that. No. If anything, you're trying to maybe reward your players who have been kind of grinding it out for the last week and give them a little bit of a fun opportunity to play someone else. And you're working on a couple things. Um I, I think we have to separate when we have this conversation, we have to separate philosophy from tactics. And I, I'm not being nitpicky when I say that yesterday, you're working a lot on philosophy. You're not working on tactics. Tactics are what you'll see going into game one against Kansas city, how to deal with what Kansas city does, how to deal with Gaddy Kenda, for example, how to deal with Graham Zusi attacking from right back, how you handle that. That's a tactic you're dealing with philosophy right now. And Pineda talked about it afterwards. They worked a lot on pressing high on when they lose possession, trying to win it back quickly. That was a focal point. That was evident from the way the team started. That was evident in those situations in the match. And to show you kind of where they are, he also talked about building up out of the back. There were a lot of questions about it. And Gonzalo was, was really clear. And yes, we, we believe in building out of the back. That's what we're going to do. We didn't work on a lot of that yet. It was pretty much the basic instruction of build up out of the back, find your way out. Don't just bomb it long, pass your way out of pressure. Now, as they get further in preseason, you'll see patterns emerge of how they do that and specific ways they want to. Do they want to free Brooks Lennon up to get down the right side? They'll work on that in training. It doesn't happen by accident. Last year, you saw like very defined patterns of play because it's a hallmark of the the, the Gabriel Heinze system. It's, it's very patterned. So you saw patterns that would emerge to, to play the ball to Lennon on the right flank, for example. We started to talk about it in, in calling games. Like You could see the way the ball was being worked and who was moving where. That's what they're going to do. You'll see some of that later. Yesterday, it was, no, play out of the back. I don't want you to play it long. If you give it up, you give it up. You got to win it back but play out of the back. It's a building process. It's foundational stuff. It's philosophy right now with little aspects of tactics worked in. I'm sure now there will be something developed from week one that we'll see on Sunday that is new, that they've worked on in the week, and they'll be able to basically grade their progress on how they performed that in a match setting on Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think, again, on top of everything Jason's talked about, very importantly, crucially, really, it's a, an opportunity to entertain your fans. And um, it, it's, I think, as fans, you're going to be very pleased with the fact that, um, you know, this match is being streamed. It's not going to be the only preseason match that's going to be streamed. It, it's going to be a very different preseason as far as accessibility is concerned, where you're going to be able to watch this team uh, play some remaining fixtures. You're really going to get to know this team and understand the the style and philosophy with which Gonzalo Pineda wants them to play. But they're not going to be a finished product on Sunday. They were certainly not a finished not. product yesterday. They're <laughs> if not they are, be... then that's not a very good product. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, they're not going to be a finished product when they go down to Mexico. The goal is that they're going to be close to a finished product by the time they get to Birmingham, and then one month from tomorrow, they'll be ready to go against Sporting Kansas City. But even then, uh, I mean, we know how this stuff goes. Like, they'll be as finished of a product as they can be on February 27th, but by the time they get to midseason, they should be better than they were on February 27th. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, by the time you get to the end of the season, you're at your best. You're right. at your best going into the postseason. It, it's, a, it's a process. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen without these kinds of games. It doesn't happen without the hard work that has been put in. And I think you made a really good point on, on soccer down here this morning. Guys have come into this and, you know, it's been talked about from the media. He's had a chance to see some of the, the practice sessions so far. I've had a chance to see the, the first one and yesterday. 
And Jackson Conway is a, a bigger boy than he was before. He, he's definitely put in some work. Um, Efrain Morales, who we got to see for about 15 minutes yesterday, he looks very grown up now. Mm-hmm. Caleb Wiley have been able to see his growth over the years from his time with the Academy and with Atlanta United too. He's grown up a lot. Saw him on day one of practice and he looked a lot bigger, a lot more mature than he did before. Guys came into camp in a pretty good level already. And that doesn't happen by accident either. That's something that gets talked about last year. Maybe in the locker room at Yankee Stadium, maybe whatever last day they had at the training facility of happy for the work this year. We want to be better next year. Here's what you need to do before opening day of of training camp to be ready for it, because you're not going to come in here to get fit. You better be fit day one. Right. Uh, Let's get into the Barco thing, because we're getting a lot of questions about it on the Twitch pitch. And then maybe we can transition back into what happened yesterday and what we expect on Sunday. But uh, we're getting a bunch of questions. Is anything new about Barco? Uh, I've seen a couple tweets today about the numbers involved with Barco and the sale to River Plate and how they might be changing a little bit. But uh, at this point, I guess nothing is official yet as we stand right now at 2.18 in the afternoon on January the 26th. Yeah, you got to timestamp that because things can change really <laughs> quickly. Um, no, nothing has changed yet. We know that Barco is in Argentina. Um, that's been reported in the Argentine media. Uh, we know that Barco and River is a very popular search on social media right now. Everybody is trying to get the updates on this. Um, from what I've seen, he has not had his medical at, at River as of yet. Some kind of uh, potential paperwork, documentation, whatever. Uh, They're saying that they hope by tomorrow evening that all this will be defined and, I guess, official. Um, That doesn't mean that the deal gets announced tomorrow evening, as we've seen with Eric Lopez. That might be the paperwork that approves him to be able to join training sessions for River, Mm -hmm. as Eric Lopez is training with Bonfield. Sometimes the final deal takes a little bit longer. There's lots of T's to cross and I's to dot. What I've seen most consistently in the way this has been reported, and it seems to have settled on this. I have one question about it because I've seen one differentiation. Generally, it's being described as a two-year loan with an option at the end of year one and at the end of year two to purchase 50% of the player's pass. That's essentially saying that It's a 50% sell-on fee. River would have 50% of of his rights um, for $8 million. So that means he's being valued at 16, which is slightly over what was paid for him in 2018. Now we know the market is different. I can't really put a percentage on how much it's decreased due to the pandemic. We know that FIFA did a report here about a month ago that had the, the overall spend dramatically lower in 2021 than it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. So we know that the market is, is lower than it used to be. 16 million is, is 16 million of evaluation. You get 8 million, you get 50% of a, a potential sell on. Um, there is a little bit of a question on if it is a, a complete like locked in two year loan, or if river has an option at the end of year one where they can get out of the loan and he goes back to Atlanta They can do the purchase, half 50% option, or they can do the loan for the second year. I've seen both reported. Most often, it has been a 24-month loan, Um, which, just to to get this out of the way, because I know it'll come up, loans can be canceled. There's usually a fee. You know, if, if, for example, you had an injury and uh, it wasn't working out for Barco at River either, and you want to recall him from his loan, yeah, you're usually going to have to pay a penalty for that, you know, but but you can do it. Um, it's very unlikely, but you never know. Um, that's where things stand right now. And I mean, questions, other questions that, I mean, I can think of that have come up, like, with, is it going to open up a designated player spot? Yes. By all accounts with the reporting, there is a loan fee there. It would make no sense to loan him and not have that fee included to open up the spot. You do have to remember that Atlanta United has added to their front office in the last year. Um, an individual who was very high up in MLS's competition committee and was involved in these kinds of scenarios from the league side. Mm-hmm. If anybody's going to know, all right, which T's need to be crossed, which I's need to be dotted to make sure Atlanta United is getting the best situation possible 
for its cap, for its roster, you got that in-house now. So you're good. So you're not going to loan him and hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Like the, there's no worry of that. That needs to be understood. But by all accounts, this is you know part of a very aggressive strategy at River Plate to go all in for Copa Libertadores, to go all in for the upcoming Argentine league. Uh, they've sold Julian Alvarez to Manchester City, but they've negotiated to keep him for at least six months for the group stages of Copa Libertadores. He could stay even for the whole year, which would be the entire calendar year. They've added Juan Fernando Quintero back from China, a Colombian international. They've got a lot of talent. And the reporting out of Argentina is that Barco is one of the crown jewels of this offseason for River and could put them over the top and allow them to compete for the Copa Libertadores title again. I don't think he'll play every game every minute with Quintero there as well, but it's going to be exciting to see what he can do at River, and that's only going to increase his value. I mean, Julian Alvarez is an Argentine international at River. That's not going to change because he's going to be loaned back from City. He's going to be part of that World Cup squad if he continues to play the way he is. Barco's probably going to get noticed more domestically and for the Argentine senior national team at river right now, it's will be in their backyard. That's going to increase his value as well. It feels like a win-win for everybody involved with what's being reported. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's a pretty slick piece of business by Atlanta United that they, by loaning him, open the door to have his value increase yeah. and thereby make a little more money uh, if, say, the purchase option is triggered in 2023 or beyond that, if the international transfer market is depressed right now, which it clearly is, it is. it's almost like Atlanta United is making a, a sensible gamble that within the next year or two, the market will rebound slightly, and they might, when it's all said and done, end up making even more money than they could apparently make right now for Ezekiel Barco. Yeah. it's an interesting strategy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the long play and a lot of it is really down to the fact that you don't have that European offer of any that we know of when we know over the years. He's been linked with different clubs. If I drop off and you're still there, keep going. It, the, the show continues. I need to reconnect. Um, stay tuned for that. I don't know what's going on around. You came here. back a lot louder. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with us right now. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to limit any internet usage right now if it's on my end, if it's something I'm doing. I, I don't think it is because it's fluctuated even when I'm not doing a show. Um, but no, I, I think it's the, the long play here that Barco will increase his value and go to a big club and have big success. And you just don't have that European offer that's ready for him. I, I thought maybe Fiorentina would come in if they get the Vlahovic deal done. That is going to be about $75 million coming in from Juventus. But nothing's bubbled up. So, okay, then make him happy going to a big club playing for a manager, Marcelo Gajardo, that everybody loves to play for, it's going to help Barco because, man, if there was a, a Barco kind of player in the late 90s, it was Marcelo Gajardo. Mm -hmm. So that's going to help him. Playing on a team that's competing for all the trophies that they could possibly win is going to help him. His value will go up. I, I think it's a smart deal all the way around. I'd rather him be at River than Fiorentina. I do too. I, mean, I think he'll go somewhere bigger on the other side of River. I agree. And, and that's a point I was trying to make last week. Like, do you want to see Barco? At, and I think I was making the point about Flamenco or Internacional, one of the big clubs in Brazil. Yeah, Flamenco I and would, Internacional I, were linked. I would still rather Barco play at a big South American club than a low to mid table first division team in Europe. Uh, for a variety of reasons. I, I think from a player development standpoint, it's better if he plays on a better team against better competition. Um, but also, I think his value increases uh, more if he's at a place like River I agree. than, say, if he's at, um, I don't know, um, you know, Bologna or, or something yeah. like that. The old so, perceptions have broken down. I mean, yeah. it's guys are, are coming from Argentina to MLS. We've known that you're getting different kinds of guys now. You're getting guys, you know, who are 
uh, you know, a guy like Tiago Amato who's linked to Atlanta United, other guys who've come into the league, Alan Velasco to Dallas. Um, guys from Brazil are coming into the league now. Brenner was a top scorer at Sao Paulo. Like you're, you're getting guys that ordinarily would have went straight to Europe. They're coming to MLS. And this year, because I think just the way the market is right now, you're getting guys from MLS going back to Argentina and expected to do big things and to Brazil Ed, Ed, mm-hmm. Eduardo Tuesta to Palmeiras. Palmeiras has won the Copa of the Bertadores back-to-back years. They didn't bring in a Tuesta to make up the numbers. They brought him in to get better. You know, you got Tati Castellanos linked to river MLS golden boot winner. You got LGP going back to river. You got Nicholas Figal going to Boca. You got Tomas Pochettino going to river on loan from Austin. You've got moves going both ways. MLS is on a par with these leagues now from a market perspective. They got to win CONCACAF Champions League to be better than Mexico. But you're not seeing Liga MX teams send guys back in the same way that they used to because that used to be the only place you'd go back and forth. Now MLS is right in that mix. And River wants to win things. Hey, they they saw they could get Barco. They saw they could get Pochettino. They saw they could get LGP. Done. They bring them in. All right. Uh, Tom Russo asked a question about designated player spots, and I didn't really understand it until he clarified. So thank you, Tom, for the clarification, because Tom was asking if a designated player gets hurt, would a team get that spot back? And I'm thinking, well, no, because Joseph got hurt in 2020. They put him on season ending injury. It opened up uh, a little bit of cap relief, but not the designated player spot. But the reason why Tom asks is he's wondering what if one of Atlanta United designated players gets hurt this season, is out for the year, and Atlanta United recalls Barco? I don't think they could in that scenario because, no, they don't get a designated player spot to reopen. So it's the same concept. Um, doesn't matter that he's loaned away. He's not on your roster. So take Kansas City right now. Take Atlanta with Joseph. When Polito and Joseph were hurt, you get some cap relief, but you don't get another designated player spot. So if, let's say, Luis Araujo gets hurt and and has to go on the season-ending injury list, you can get some cap relief, but you won't get a designated player spot. So if Barco is loaned away and and you want to bring him back, you've got to be able to fit him in as a non-designated player to fit back in your roster. I don't think that would be possible although one of the other sidebars to this whole barco conversation with river is because it's a two-year loan i think it's safe to assume that he would be doing something very similar to cole bassett where he's signing an extension on his his contract with atlanta united cole bassett's on loan for 18 months to to Feyenoord in the netherlands he had one more year left on his deal so he signed an extension to where if he comes back to colorado he comes back to colorado at the end of that I think Barco will be on a new contract because of this loan for two years. Does the new contract potentially give you wiggle room to buy his number down if you wanted to reincorporate him and he's not a designated player? That's getting really deep in the weeds in MLS rules. And and frankly, I don't have an answer to that. You wouldn't have the acquisition cost affecting it the same way is my understanding because you're not transferring him in. He's your player that you're signing a new deal to. So is that a way to get his cap hit to be lowered to where you could buy him down to come back if this scenario happens? Maybe, but you don't get a designated player spot to open up. That will not happen when somebody gets hurt. Yeah, Bruno had brought up that he thought Barco only had one year left on his deal, so how could this all work? But I think you've explained that very well. Yeah, be careful, too, with what's being reported about length of contracts, especially with MLS, because transfer marked is a great resource, by the way. I, I, I use them. Toronto used them to identify <laughs> that Lorenzo Insigne was going to be out of contract. <laughs> they're, they're much better with contract lengths overseas because you don't have option years in the same way you do in MLS. MLS can get confusing because somebody can sign a straight up contract. Somebody can sign a contract with an option year. Sometimes, and we've seen it here in Atlanta, multiple option years. And you don't always know that unless the club announced it, unless the player, uh, the player's agent announced, unless it got out into the media. So it's been reported slash assumed that Barco's only got one year left. He might not. Mm-hmm. 
but I've also seen the reporting that because this would be a two-year loan, he probably would have to sign an extension. So there you go. All right. Uh, other topics. Shiva wants to know, is Sosa back training no. and in the team? Not fully. He's he's working, but he's not training. Like He didn't participate yesterday. Uh, the session I saw was first session, so that's a week ago now. Uh, he didn't participate in any of the contact stuff, but Sosa and Heinemann are both working. They're, they're rehabbing. They're, they're putting in the, the rehab work, the physical work. Uh, I, I specifically saw Heinemann putting in some work in the, in the warm-up phase of the training session, but not in the contact phase if we want to separate it that way. So they're getting there, but they're not there right now. Christopher wants to know, okay, wait a minute. When Joseph tore his ACL, why didn't Atlanta United just loan him to the twos and open up the designated you, player you, spot? You, no, you can't do any of that. But well, listen, guys, like it, it's, I know it's easy to, to think about this from a video game kind of perspective, but the number one thing to remember whenever you try to workshop that MLS has to approve any of these kinds of moves to do it. They're not going to let somebody work around the rules that way, yeah. unless they lie to them like Miami did about some of the payments <laughs> the players were getting. That's a different scenario. Players were getting paid under the table is the way that was coming out from one of the owners and one of the other owners ratted them out. That's a whole different scenario. You're not MLS won't allow that loan to happen to loan guys around you. Nobody is going to get around those rules. Don't even try. Yeah, and remember too, Joseph's injury happened after the roster compliance date. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you, your roster was locked in at that point anyway. It, it was. I mean, you you'll get movement because the window's still open. But no, you couldn't you couldn't clear the spot by loaning him to the twos and doing it. MLS would not allow that to be a valid uh, move within the league. Uh, Unite Chop Rise wants to know how you thought R. Rougeau looked yesterday. Explosive. Um, I mean, it, it's a little hard to tell because of the level of competition. And the first 10 minutes or so was a real struggle for Georgia Storm because, yeah, Atlanta played fast and they pressed and they, they made it difficult. R. Rougeau had that burst that we love to see about him. Um, feisty. I mean, he he, he was competitive. He, he got ticked off about a... He got kind of kicked in the back, um, back of the legs at one point. He thought he had earned a free kick. He didn't get it. He, he was a little mad. That's cool. I like it. I like that he's got that, that fire going already. Uh, beautiful assist on the second goal. Um, it was a great ball after defending a corner. Ball pops out to the right. Tyler Wolf delivered a, a great ball down the line into space for Arauju to run onto. And he, he dribbled kind of to his left watching the line for for the storm kind of step out conway timed his run perfectly looping around to stay on side and Arauju drew defenders slipped the pass in everything timed up well he gets the assist conway got the goal i thought luis looked really good good it's encouraging uh and i think again like we've talked about so much with Pineda, the fact that Arauju now has an extended yeah. training camp not coming in at the end of a transfer window in the middle of the summer where you have a ton of match compression, it's only going to help Louise Arruju uh, more and more blend into this team and develop that continuity. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, Bruno wants to know, why do you think Pineda hasn't had the flexibility to bring more people that fits his style? He says it feels like this is the lowest transfer changes in Atlanta United history. Why does there have to be a bunch of changes? Um, I think he's got a lot of players that he likes. I I think sometimes we, we get maybe hung up on like manager style and it being so different from somebody else. I don't think Gonzalo Pineda has this really dramatic difference in the way that he sees the game and values players than, than Atlanta's front office has had than frankly what Gabriel Heinze had in terms of the roster build. I, I think he likes a lot of these guys. He, he really likes Mateos Hosatu. Uh, which was an acquisition that a lot of people questioned. I mean, Hosechu has been, I think, a guy, once he got healthy, that Pineda's really leaned on. Um, he really likes George Campbell, a product of the academy. I and mean, yesterday, I asked him about Noah Cobb, who played the, the second 30 in the scrimmage, and his eyes lit up. He loves the guys coming out of the academy. He's, he, he's not somebody who I think has maybe more of like a Red Bull or, or Philadelphia rigid idea of what players fit them. He's more of somebody who I think he wants to play an attacking game. He wants to be on the front foot. He wants to push the opposition that pressing up high when they lose possession. These are not crazy concepts. These are all pretty simple things. Um, he probably wants to play out of a four, two, three, one or four, three, three primarily, but they'll play three in the back at times with a line of five when it defends he's pretty flexible and i think he'll get the best out of what he has to work with um one reason why you didn't see a lot of changes coming into this year is you didn't have a lot of open spots you had a lot of guys under contract and carlos bocanegra told us that on countdown to kickoff ahead of the playoff match that the roster's pretty locked in the questions were potential transfers that, you know, are a little bit more outside of your control, but a lot of guys already under contract. A lot of business had been done bringing guys in that they value. Santi Sosa, Franco Ibarra, Osatu, Luis Araujo last year in the transfer window, Marcelino Moreno, you know, guys who've been brought in over the last couple of years that are expected to do big things this year. I don't think you have to make changes for change sake. And I don't think Pineda really needed a lot of different guys. The question will be if Barco goes, is Almada the, the guy who comes in and kind of not an exact facsimile by any stretch, but is he somebody who comes in and replaces that impact? Probably, but that's not a, a, a 100% locked in official thing either right now. There's been links with a player at Rosario Central, uh, Luca Martinez, who's in Mexico's youth national team setup. Does he come in and is he the backup number nine? Well, Jackson Conway is going to fight for that spot too. Um, can Martinez maybe play out wide? Um, potentially, maybe. Maybe he can drift out wide and give you some cover out there. There's been the rumors about Jurgen Dom, although that's gotten quiet. There was, I think, fake news when it came to Miles Robinson. There's never been any you know, reputable outlet that's talked about a, a rumor of an offer for Miles Robinson. The club has consistently said they haven't gotten an offer yet on him. Bello is somebody who, you know, there has been some talk. There has been some rumor. He's one that might be a a late sale in the transfer window, but that's why you have Andrew Gutman. And that's why you went out and acquired him when you did going into last season. So I think the roster was in really good shape. And I think the succession planning of it's really good. I, I think one of the things that gets forgotten when this comes up, I think a lot of people look back at last year's overall record and say, well, you need all these improvements. When Pineda took over, this was one of the best teams in MLS, period. So I I don't think the overall record tells you what last year was. I think it's when Pineda took over and wasn't able to fully implement everything he wanted to do. He had to get the best out of what he had. He did. Now he knows what he has, and he can create something that works for that group. There's not a whole lot of need for big change. Well, and I'll admit that, I mean, obviously I'm very bullish on Atlanta United's roster, I usually am. But I want to go through what I would consider to be the first choice 11 for this team. And you tell me 
how Atlanta United can upgrade. Starting in goal, Brad Guzan, second in the league in save percentage this past year. I mean, all right, you want to go out and get Andre Blake, I guess that'd be an upgrade, or a Matt Turner. He's not quite available right now, nor is Andre Blake. So, you know, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do to upgrade at goalkeeper right now. I do think they did a very good job with their backup goalkeeper, bringing in a veteran starter uh, in Bobby Shuttleworth. And that's no slight on Alec Can whatsoever, but they did upgrade a backup goalkeeper. But not a whole lot you can do right now to get better with your goalkeeper. I think Brad Guzan is an excellent goalkeeper in MLS. Look at your if, back if you're line. looking at the, the rankings and what we got, 28 teams now. So if you're in the top half of players in your position, you're in the top 14. Yeah, I'd put Brad Gazan in the top half of the top half. Easily. I, I yeah. think he's Easily. in the, the top quarter of the league at, at the position. It's hard yeah. to upgrade there. Yeah, and from a shot-stopping standpoint, maybe the top half of the top half of the top half. Like, I mean, he's he's right there. Yeah. Center back. Miles Robinson's the best American-born center back in the world right now. Uh, will probably be one of the starting center backs for the USA at the World Cup unless something screwy happens. Yep. Obviously, you're not going to upgrade there. No. Alan Franco, I think, especially in the second half of the season, played at the level that we expected him to play at. He, you know, for financial mechanics, came in with a designated player label, which I think set an unrealistic or maybe unfair, unfair uh, yeah. bar yeah. Uh, that created some really incorrect narratives, in my opinion. I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do to upgrade over Alan Franco right now at center back. No, well, that, you, that pairing at center back, there's not many better in the league. There really isn't. Yeah. And, I mean you're not going to be able to upgrade on Alan Franco without spending a whole lot of money that you, you don't have Precisely. because your cap is, is very tied up and you wouldn't need to. Precisely. Just, there, there's not a lot better in this league than you're going to get than Alan Franco. Precisely. Your wingbacks, Brooks Lennon is a national teamer. Okay. I think the most consistent Atlanta United player of the last two years. Extra time been... had him ranked as the number four right back in the league. Extra time. Really? Oh, I know. I was a little surprised yeah, by that one. Probably, that probably killed him to have to admit that. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I got to be <laughs> No one send them the recording. We got in trouble the last time. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. don't, don't tell two, Mike who he I, was ahead of or yeah. Mike might get going again. No, I had a two-week apology tour the last time I talked about extra time, so let's not do that. No recordings, please. But, no, I don't think you can really upgrade a whole lot over Brooks Lennon. No. There's a couple uh, you know, guys in the league that are at that level. I mean, well, and, and let me preface again. I mean, we're talking about realistically now. I mean, if you had an unlimited wage bill and the ability to go out and get anyone, it's a completely different conversation. But within the confines of the MLS salary cap rules, this is what it is. I don't think you can really upgrade much over Brooks Lennon. No, and 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 upgrading like one percent is not worth the cost of doing it. You know, like. You're talking about the fourth best right back in the league. And, I, yeah, I, I, he's in the top five for me. I mean, you can quibble yeah. about where you want to put him. Anton Tenerholm will be there when he's healthy, if he gets back to where he was. There's a couple other really good right backs in this league. Brooks Lennon's right there. Yeah, You look at the chances created, look at crosses, you look at accuracy, I mean, he's right there. Now, left back, if Bellow is sold, Goodman had a really good season with Red Bulls last year. Yeah. Um, I do. If you want to make an argument that Atlanta United could be better at left back if George Bellow has moved on, we could have that discussion. But I don't I'll, think Atlanta United's in a bad spot. No, I'll argue against stretch. it on two fronts. So I'll argue against it because you've got a guy who started. Can't remember how many games he started in Cincinnati. He was one of the only bright spots with them in twenty, and then played last year with Red Bulls on loan. Round 50 games in MLS. I don't have it in front of me, so somewhere in that ballpark. Um, that's kind of hard to upgrade from with what he's right. shown you. And you're not going to go and upgrade on somebody that is going to block Caleb Wiley, who you just signed to a homegrown deal, who you have high hopes for, who's in the USU 20 pool right now, one of the youngest guys there. So that factors in too. And, and that has to be part of the conversation about building a roster. You've got, to, you've got to have succession planning. You've got to look at who you have coming up and not block opportunities for your young, talented players coming. George Campbell is another one. When you talk about center back and you talk about what could come down the road in a year or two, George Campbell's somebody who, I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll continue to, to stay out there on that limb about it. 
I think George Campbell, somebody in 2026 who could be part of the U.S. men's national team at a World Cup. I agree. I he's that good. His potential yeah. is that high. So you're not going to go get somebody that would block the opportunity if an offer comes in for Miles, if an offer comes in for Franco. You're not going to get somebody that would block George from being next in line. You're not going to do that at left back when Wiley is fully embedded in this group. He's going to compete with Gutman for minutes. And you want your homegrown, your young player with a ton of potential, ton of potential value as well to earn those minutes and get that time. Right. I think you see the point of the exercise here. I mean, Sosa, before the sports hernia started bothering him, was maybe the best holding midfielder in the league. Um, you go up from there. Uh, you know, I think, again, I'm very bullish on Josetu. I know that's been a polarizing topic, but I'm very, very bullish on Josetu. And you also have Emerson Heinemann, who can provide cover there. I'm very, very high on Marcelino Moreno. I think we've seen him grow by leaps and bounds. R. Rouge, who came in, made an immediate impact. I would not want another right winger on my team. I no. want it to be Luis R. Rouge. You know, we'll leave left wing off to the side for now because it, it might be, it's probably not going to be Barco, but it currently is. Right. And it might be Tiago Amada, might be someone else. We'll leave might that to Moreno the side. The might Amada be Moreno, Central. 100%. And then look, Joseph, I would still rather have Joseph than Ola Kamara. I'd oh. still rather have Joseph than Tati Castellanos. Uh, I, you know, I would still rather have Joseph over just about any of the other strikers in major league soccer. Yeah, and I, I look for him to have a, a, you know, hopefully knock on the door of a 20 goal se season this year. So you see where I'm getting at here. You know, when we talk about did again, going back to Bruno's question, did Pineda adjust enough to fit the way that he wants to play? I think it's the opposite. I think Pineda looks at the personnel he's got, and he wants to conform the way he wants to play to the personnel he has, make it fit the pieces that he has, because it's a really good assemblage of talent. It really, really is. Are there? Do I have depth concerns at certain positions? Yes. But I, my first 11, my first choice group, I feel very, very strongly about going into this season. I don't Very have a lot of depth that. concerns, to be honest. I, I really don't. I, I don't I, have a lot. I have one or two in particular that I'd, I'd rather not go into specifically because I don't want it to sound like um. <laughs> no, no, no. So you got to be careful, right? Like, I don't want to say I'm concerned about the depth at position X because then someone could hear that and say, oh, Mike thinks that this guy's a bum. or the, And that's not what I'm saying no, at all. I, no, I, I hope people are a little more nuanced than that. I mean, like, center forward has been a conversation. We had Lissandra Lopez here before. This was a big topic of the questions that were asked of Jackson Conway yesterday right. after the, the training session. And Jackson said he wants to, to win that spot. He wants to play. And if he's, you know, in the group and he's not playing with the first team, not coming in and giving those last 20 minutes, those last 15 minutes, he wants to play with the second team. This is a big year for Jackson Conway, and he knows that. He's a pro. He, he gets it. Um, would the team like to make sure they've got somebody if Joseph can't play as many minutes as you hope he can? Absolutely. That could be Jackson. There's time. It could be the, the signing from Rosario Central if that happens. It could be somebody entirely different. I think central midfield, you're incredibly deep with a lot of different options. I think the wings... You have to look at the wings a little bit and include your outside backs because we've seen Lennon and Hernandez push higher up. Bello can push higher up. Wiley can push higher up. You've got those possibilities too. I, I don't even really look at the depth as a major issue. The roster's pretty full. If there are outgoings, there will be incomings to replace those. There will be a couple of guys like Justin Garces, probably Efrain Morales, who get loaned to Atlanta United 2 for the full season. And you'll be right at 30. Uh, yeah. You'll be at 30, and you'll have a lot of options for Gonzalo Pineda. Well, and, and the mile high makes a really good point. And, it, you know, I, I don't want to dance around topics, but I, I'll, I'll just say, I'll come out and say, I'm concerned about wing depth, okay, okay. particularly on the right side. But the mile high is absolutely right, that depth concerns can be erased quickly if a few young guys make a next step. If Machop yeah. Chol takes a giant step yeah. forward this year, then I'm not concerned about it. I'm, uh, I'm as currently constructed. I am not concerned about the right side because you have Jurgen Dom in reserve. I'm, I'm if if he's my reserve on the right side, I'm not a concern. Yeah, and uh, I know Pineda rates him highly. Yeah, um, I'm it, if if Jurgen Dom is a backup, you got a pretty good team. 
and people can say what they want about Jurgen Dom if they've only seen what they've seen here and seen him mostly injured. Look, you got to do your homework. That's all I can tell you. Like this is a guy who was part of Mexico's national team. This is a guy who was linked with Borussia Dortmund. Has he right. given you that here in Atlanta? No, he hasn't. But if he's a backup, we're having a different conversation. Don't don't get hung up on cap hits right now. Don't get hung up on salaries that have been published. No, 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 no. Don't worry no, no, about no, that. Yeah. If he's a backup, he's a backup. And if he's a backup, which he would be to Luis Araujo, that's a really good backup. There's not many teams in this league who have a backup like that. Well, and Ronald Hernandez is a big factor as well because I rate yeah. Hernandez very highly, and that would allow you to maybe push Brooks Lennon up higher, play yeah. Ronald Hernandez at right wing back, and then that that's another way that you could problem solve that. 100%. So. You got options. But uh, I would like to see, and I think Machop getting the call into South Sudan is a really good opportunity for him just to hopefully grow in a – you know, slight, the short term, but slightly different setting. Um, I, I want to see Jack, like, I love what Jackson Conway said yesterday. He's trying to prove to everyone that they don't need to sign another center yeah, forward. Love, the mentality. love that. Love that mentality. Go out and do it. By the way, Jackson Conway, we talked about this on SDH. Uh, just looking at some of the weights and heights that have been updated this year, Jackson Conway, uh, according to what the team has provided, has put on about 10 pounds. And from the accounts that you gave me yesterday, Jason, uh, that's not 10 pounds that I put on after having lunch. I mean, that's 10 pounds of of muscle that you put on with hard work in the yeah. weight room. So I want to determine Jackson Conway. Uh, I want him to be focused and determined like that. I love to hear that type of stuff. I love to hear that Eric Centeno went out yesterday and played like someone who was trying to earn a spot on this team, even though he has a spot on this team because he's Generation Adidas. I love hearing that. And by the way, Centeno might be someone who could really step up and make an impact on the wing. And he played uh, on the right side in college. I mean, that's exactly. the thing is like you've got you've got options. Mulraney, what we've seen, Centeno with his age, Chole with his experience because he's a little bit older, but he's coming out of the college game. He's only one year removed from that. You've got a lot of quality. You got Aiden McFadden, who played with the first group last yeah. year or this past game. He played with Atlanta United 2 last year. McFadden can play as a right wing. He can play as a right back. He can play as a wing back when you're in a five. There's a lot of guys within the overall group that will get kind of sorted out here in preseason what the, the overall hierarchy is. It's a lot of guys to work with. There's a lot of teams. As I look at rosters around the league, there's a lot of teams that don't have a settled 11 right now let alone 14 or 15 atlanta united's pretty much complete and whole right now larry i like that jackson conway i like that <laughs> I, mean, I might, yeah, might, might try to work that in that, that's really good uh all right we have a couple minutes left uh do you want to look ahead to sunday a little bit uh it, like i said at the top of the show georgia revolution a lot of their players played high school in Georgia or played collegiately in Georgia or both. If you follow, first of all, they had a really, really good year last year in MPSL. They won the yeah. Southeast Conference Championship. Very bizarre situation befell them in the playoffs with a hosting situation. It got really, really weird. Um, they've made a coaching change, but they're going to have a basically a caretaker manager on Sunday for whatever that's worth. Uh, but a lot of familiar faces and Look, this is a team that's qualified for U.S. Open Cup. I think yep. just like Georgia Storm did yesterday, uh, Georgia Revolution will go to Athens. It'll be a really, really big spot for them to play in front of a couple thousand people. And I think they're going to give Atlanta United a really good test on Sunday. Yeah, you've got with, with Georgia Revolution, you've got multiple players who spent multiple years in Atlanta United's academy. So you've mm -hmm. got guys who are coming from a good pedigree. you got guys who have been you know, conference, uh, all, all conference selections in college. You've got guys who have been all American selections in college, uh, D2, D3, NAI levels, but you've got guys with quality. This is a group that's preparing to play in the first round of the Open Cup in March. So this is a big kind of trial for some of the newer guys in this group and even for some of the established guys because they'll be in Open Cup play in March in the first round of the tournament. Uh, their coach last year, Ricky Davey, actually joined Atlanta United's academy staff. Um, he had a great year with them last year and, and took them further than the club had ever been. And now he's part of Atlanta United's academy. So he'll have some some split allegiances for this one. Ricky will be struggling a little bit. 
But uh, the the Morrison family bought the Revolution. Uh, they started in Rockdale at Conyers with Risa, moved over to Henry County. The Morrison family bought them a few years ago and has really made like the epitome of a grassroots club. This is a club that has a team in the Atlanta District Amateur Soccer League, has multiple teams there. So they play year round. Um, you've got your NPSL team in the summer. You've got youth teams that play in Georgia soccer as well. A lot of kids who wouldn't have opportunities to play high-level soccer get a chance to play because of the Georgia Revolution. They do after-school clinics. They do jamborees that are free for kids to participate in on the weekends. Really cool outreach stuff that they're doing in you know a part of the the metro area that I know really well. You know that's why I've I've gotten to know them and and try to help them where I can and try to help spread the word about what they're doing. So this is a big game. For me, I'm excited about it to see these guys get that opportunity. Um, it'll be competitive. You've got some some good players that, I, in my opinion, are not just in PSL level talent. You've got USL Championship level talent in this Georgia Revolution team. They just haven't been noticed for that yet, or they're still in college and they haven't had that opportunity just yet. They're going to get seen. They're going to get noticed from this. People are going to be watching. Would not be surprised to see some of these guys end up in higher levels than, than the revolution who are in NPSL, which is the fourth division kind of unorganized fourth division. You, you don't really have a true fourth, but in terms of non-professional leagues, they're at the top. It's a national league that plays regionally. You'll see some of their guys get pro deals in the next year too, for sure. They, they've got a lot of talent coming through huge opportunities. going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. Yeah. One of their players was on Austin bold a year or two ago. Yep. So like that, yeah, they, they have some really legit players. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and as Jason said earlier, it will be a full 90-minute friendly, two 45-minute halves. Um, I would suspect, Jason, Panetta's selection will probably be a lot similar on yeah. Sunday to what he had uh, on Tuesday. For example, like I don't see um, you know a shock Santiago Sosa start or no. – uh, Emerson Hindman playing the or anything two like potential that. changes are George Bello coming back into the group um, who was there yesterday, but had just returned from about three weeks with the U S men's national team. So he got a little bit of a break. Marcelino Moreno took a knock in training the day before. Those are the two guys who could come into the lineup. Um, but you know, you're not going to have Hernandez or Lennon. So it's another potential opportunity for McFadden unless we see somebody different there. Maybe Bryce Washington goes with the first group this time instead of the second. But yeah, probably the same kinds of rotations. The second half will be more of the reserves. Maybe you see another academy player or two pop in into this. Uh, really curious to see what that looks like. But yeah, it'll it's a ramp up. So those guys who played 30 on Tuesday will probably be in position to play 45 in this one. That's what you're looking at. Uh, let's end on this. Uh, this could take a long time. We'll try to keep it condensed. Uh, Unite Shop Rise wants to know before we go, what would we consider a success for this season? In other words, what would be the bar? Uh, competing for trophies. And I'll get more specific because I mean, you show up, you're competing for trophies. Some people will say, I think to be if we want to put a placement on it, I think to be in the conference final, I think to be in the semifinals of the open cup. Um, I think that's what you're looking for. I'm not, I'm not hung up on regular season record as much just because of the format and because of the, the schedule and it's not quite balanced and all these different things. Um, I think you need to be among the best teams in the Eastern Conference this year. That's really the goal every year for Atlanta United, and nothing's different. Osvaldo Alonso said it day one. He's new. He said goals to win everything. <laughs> goals to win every trophy. Um, I think realistically a successful season is if you give your chance an opportunity to get to finals. Yeah. And you get to semifinals, you get to the conference final, you get to the semifinals of the Open Cup. You're giving yourself an opportunity to get to a final. That's That's a successful season in my book. Yeah, I, I and I understand. I see on the Twitch pitch that well, the only goal is to win it all, and I, I get that. But you know, twenty-seven other teams are trying to win it yeah. all too. Um, I don't like. It. I I get where that mentality comes from, but I don't like assigning championship or bust because you can have a really good season 
and not win a championship. The it Patriots the season where they went undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl. That's not a bad season. No, not at all. <laughs> you, know, like, no. you can't control playoffs sometimes because things can get crazy. Well, but, and, and, and that's where I'm, I'm kind of coming from. I, I think for me, the bar has to be that this team comfortably makes the playoffs. Uh, I'm not saying that they barely made it last year, but they did have technically, it was not done until decision day, uh, yep. technically. Uh, I would like to see this team comfortably in the playoffs with a couple games to spare. I think that that's the expectation for me. If they're below that, I'm going to be really disappointed. If they're above that, it will meet my expectation and I'll be pleased because Jason's right. You could easily comfortably make the playoffs as a two seed and get dragged into a first round matchup against Red Bulls and it's going to be run run kick and they get you into penalties and stuff happens. So I want to be I want to be clear on that that once you get into the playoffs really anything can happen. But I want to see this team comfortably make the playoffs and I want to see them strongly contend for a trophy this year and maybe it's the open cup maybe it's the mls cup but uh to me i will call this season a success i don't even want to assign like a point total to it yeah but if this team comfortably makes the playoffs it's a success in my book yeah i I can buy that i'm either way like if you have that really good regular season and and you get into the weird playoff game where you have a red card and a deflected goal or whatever and you get bounced out be disappointed but it's a different type of disappointment um if you don't do that say you do get in late and you have to go to decision day and you get in but then you go on a run and get to the conference final then that kind of takes away some of the disappointment of the season so there's lots of different ways in mls that you can be successful it's not like the other sports in this country where you can go championship or bust and you can make that your goal and that's what it is here you've got open cup you've got different types of comp you have the supporter shield which if you win the supporter shield and get knocked out in the first or second round of the playoffs it's hard to say it's a bad season so there's so many different things that come up they need to be in a position very closely to be contending for trophies that that for me is what it comes down to you got to get to semifinals and competitions um you got to be close and, and then the chips fall where they do then you got to go out and win the thing but you got to get to that first and that's the part you can control so semifinals of competitions for me Okay, so Sunday, uh, Jason and I will have the, the live stream. That'll be noon at atlutd.com slash live. We will have, it's going to be a fun broadcast. We're going to have special guests. Uh, yeah. We're going to have surprises. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you were unable to get tickets or you can't make it out to Athens, we got you covered, atlutd.com slash live. That'll be Sunday at 12 noon. After the match is over, we're going to go up, what's that, Campus Drive or whatever the the street is past the the Turner Soccer Complex, and we're going to go out to Authentic Brewing Company. And at approximately 3 o'clock, we'll have a stoppage time soccer down here, Hell in a Cell match, (laughs) um, where Jason, John, and I will have a little post-match show. Darren Eels is going to join us. We'll have some additional special guests. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity for us to kind of hang out, do a show as the USA is playing Canada. Yep. So we'll kind of have one eye on that, one eye on the show. And it's just going to be a really, really fun day, a fun weekend. I'm making a weekend of it, and uh, maybe some of you are as well. But it's going to be a really fun day, Sunday in Athens. And we've got you covered again if you can't make it with the live stream. Next Wednesday, we're good for next Wednesday, right? You mm-hmm. aren't going anywhere on Wednesday? Okay, so... Next Wednesday, we'll be back at 2 p.m. for another edition of Stoppage Time. We'll kind of look back at the Revolution match, well, Georgia Revolution. We'll look ahead to uh, Atlanta United going to Mexico for uh, two friendlies down there. And um, we'll be inside of a month to the start of the regular season. So it's all coming together really, really quickly. Yeah, it's a month to the day tomorrow. And and uh, real quick, United Chop Rise, not geo-blocked. The there's as I as I understand it, I do not believe this is geo blocked. Um, you know, now that I say that, I hope I have that right. It's my (laughs) understanding it's not geo blocked. I know some other friend. Well, I you know what? Take amnesia pills. I'm actually not positive now. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. 
It is not on radio. Yeah, there's a Hawks game. It's not on radio, so it will only be streamed. There will be a preseason friendly on the radio later, but it's not going to be this one. And as you know, radio is not geo-blocked. That's wide open. So yeah. forget that I even said anything about geo-blocking. I, I think it's not, but I'm not positive. Just log on to atlutd.com slash live and find out. Yes. Sunday at noon, right? And then uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, 2 o'clock, for another edition of Stoppage Time. Thanks so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.